0: To oh, a oh, you're Justin Madden's got the sit, one hand. Oh, he's oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthews hit oh, talk about a he Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Well, we're certainly doing that again on this Sunday morning right around Australia, Julian. And as usual, you're in the coffee shop or you're in the car or listening at home or you might be fishing somewhere, we've got a great guest here for you today, and I mean great. Who is he? 268 games for Carlton between 1971 and 84. Dual Carlton Premiership player 1972 and 79. Best and fairest at the Blue Baggers in 71 and 72, Carlton team of the century, 16 times represented the big V and is elevated to a Carlton legend out at Princess Park in 2013. Have you got it? Well, you should have it. Welcome to This Is Your Football Life, Geoffrey Southby and it's lovely to have you on the show, Jeff.
1: Thanks, Rex. Great to be here.
0: What a CV. Uh, in your time at Bendigo, and you might just sort of uh, reiterate to our listeners that in those days, there was no draft. If you lived in Bendigo and you wanted to play league footy, you had to go to Carlton, which wasn't a bad uh, option, was not
1: it? No, it, uh, well, it wasn't a bad option, even though I was a passionate uh, Richmond supporter. Wow. Would you believe that? <laughs> Uh, no, I had a real passion for the Tigers, mainly from my early days in Bendigo, when I used to go and watch the, my team, Santos, play in the Bendigo League. And uh, Freddie Swift was, was playing for Santos at the time, and uh, he was he was my he became my idol in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, when he went off to Richmond, we, our t- our family didn't really have a Melbourne team to barrack for in those days; they were more focused on Bendigo football. And yes, uh, and so uh, when when uh, Freddie went off to uh, to Richmond. Uh, I started following Richmond and uh, mm. of course it was at the time when uh, Tommy came on board and, yeah. uh, and the, the team started to really produce and uh, went through that magnificent era of which uh, I, uh, I, I was so passionate about Richmond that I can recall the day when I was at university in 1969, uh, I managed to get a, a a standing room ticket with a mate of mine and uh, away we went and. And watched Carl, uh, the Tigers play Carlton in that grand final in 69 yeah. that that you that 've already mentioned to me in before yeah. the show and uh, and uh, I had one of the days of my life just standing there watching uh, the Tigers uh, beat uh, well win three Premierships yeah. that day uh, yeah. first seconds and thirds and uh, and uh, funnily enough, it was Carlton that they um, that they beat in the in the seniors in a an impressive game that they played. And uh, it was only two years later that uh, I was getting um, playing against the Tigers and yeah. uh, having a great challenge of playing against a great footy team and being belted up by the Tigers and all <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll get to that in a minute. And good morning to uh, Neil Balm. Uh, it had to come up, didn't it? In those days, I don't know whether you can recollect or not, that the Hamden Football League in the southwest, Latrobe Valley, mm. Ovens and Murray, Ballarat Football League, and the Bendigo Football League used to all play in carnivals against each other. Yeah, that's
1: right. It was serious grown-ups footy, wasn't it? Yeah, good good quality footy, and uh, and they were. It was all part of that zoning system that that happened in those days uh, pre the draft. And uh, as I, as you mentioned before, uh, yeah, I was zoned to Carlton, and uh, you know, I, uh, I, it was some sort of trepidation that you went off and tried your tried your um, had a go at the at the footy at Carlton at the highest yeah. level, and. Uh, uh, I was lucky enough to get there and uh i think uh Wesley Lofts decided to retire, so there was an opportunity for and me to come back. in at full-back. Yeah. So that was lucky and lucky you get your opportunity sometime. And Exactly, uh, yeah. but
0: but it wasn't always footy. A little bird tells me that you might have been the next Australian version of Babe Ruth. You were really passionate about baseball. <laughs> well, I was. Now, in those days, uh, earlier on, I played baseball, but only because I was a budding cricketer. Mm. And then, of course, I grew six inches in one year and taking marks and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, mm. <clears throat> you know, four sips and two gullies... Going in at first drop, we can give that the flick. Tell us a little bit, bit about your love for baseball that it probably might have cost you a chance to play in the big smoke in the big league.
1: Well, yeah, maybe. I might uh, as I say, my uh, bit like you, you at the time. I think baseball was a bit of a substitute uh, to help you help your cricket. I think uh, over the winter winter months and. I took on baseball for a similar reason to what you mentioned just then So, um, and loved it. I played it in Bendigo and then represented Bendigo, the Bendigo, um, you know, the representative team and uh, I was playing first base and enjoying it and loved the game and when I came to Melbourne I actually wanted to play baseball but I couldn't find a a, a game uh, that was local to where I was living at the time. I was living in an education department hostel going to uni there and to become a teacher and, uh, and uh, so the, the closest... Uh, sporting team to us in the uh, hostel in Queen's Road in Melbourne was uh, the Powerhouse Football Club and wow. uh, in the Amateurs. And, yeah. And they used to come down and recruit out of the... Uh, of course, all these country blokes used to come down and stay. There was about 120 guys that lived together in this hostel in Queens Road and are all from the bush and most of them played a bit of footy. And yeah. So the Powerhouse guys used to come down and recruit out of it. So that's how I got to Powerhouse and played one year in the Amateurs before I went back to play in the Bendigo League with Santos. So. And there's
0: another story because the Amateurs are serious football yeah, as well, seriously played by blokes that just love the game. However you were uh, destined for bigger things Uh, I came a similar path to you I I, I debuted in 68 and broke into a reigning premiership team You did the same in 71 Mm. after that famous 1970 grand final Mm. And uh, tell us a little bit about your journey to Princess Park Your first practice game And what it was like to be rubbing shoulders with household names Who you'd watched against Richmond in a grand final
1: Yeah well it was pretty special I mean I'd had a a meeting with Ron Barassi a, a couple of months beforehand, and uh, had a bit of lunch with him, and that was aw- that was awe inspiring at the time. Uh, Barassi being the icon he is, and uh, and and was then, and still is obviously, and uh, and uh, then off to Princess Park. And I could call the first day. I went into training. I I, um, I actually walked into the rooms, and I was just a little bit late because I had a couple of things. But they're, they're, most of them were out on the ground doing their warm up, and. Um, and I walked in, and there was a guy that just taken his shirt off, and there was these muscles rippling everywhere, and uh, and it was actually Bobby Edmonds who'd, uh, who'd won a gold medal in the weightlifting yeah, in yeah. the Commonwealth Games or whatever it was. Or, yeah. And uh, I thought, shit, I'm not going <laughs> to hang around here too long. This bloke's too big for me. You know, I was just a skinny sort of young weakling that had come along, but um, but then. That was Bobby Edmonds, and Bobby wasn't a regular player. Obviously, he got a few... Uh, uh, he, he, um, he probably only played probably 20, 30 games with Carlton over that, that period when Carlton started to really become a great team. And, yeah. Uh, but to go out and just to train alongside a Jezza and a Big Nick and those sorts of guys was incredibly inspiring, but also a bit intimidating in the yeah. early stages. But
0: in, in, in your first year in 1971, uh, you weren't even 21, and you won the best and fairest. Did you play at fullback for that entire I did, year yeah, yeah. after yeah, Lofsey
1: retired? Lofsey retired. There was yeah. a spot there, and uh, lucky enough, I'd had that season in Bendigo where I played fullback and did it pretty successfully. and. Uh, fitted in really well and uh, uh you know it was a challenging year for the club because uh, um, we struggled a bit after with a, a bit of a hangover i think generally speaking um and barras admitted that he'd struggled with his coaching that year and and we had a very good team but we didn't play to our optimum performance i don't think but i, I wasn't recognizing that i was just yeah. a young kid coming in and playing the game and enjoying it so much and i was lucky yeah. enough to play pretty well and uh, uh, and I, uh, that was a you know very special year for me. Your first year, under Ex-
0: exactly. But mm. but what about the household names? And fortunately, one of them, Jezelenko, was on your side. So there's one, but yep. there was another three. I think in Wade, uh, McKenna, and uh, and Hudson, and 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 then the lower rank f- uh, full forwards. You know, could could kick forty or fifty yeah. a, a, a yeah. year, but every week people would go and see the clashes of the full-backs and full-forwards. They don't understand just that people flocked miles to see yes. the clashes between the great full-backs and yourself and David Dench were absolutely top of the tree. But most sides had good full-backs, you know, and and it was just a pressure every week
1: it was yeah and the fullback was expected to uh you know even if he started badly on a full forward and there was a few goals kicked on him he had to he had to lift his game basically there was uh, there wasn't that much in the way of moving players around or taking you know changes and things like that so it was the coaches really wanted to um make sure that you did your hard yards and then if you were made of the right sort of stuff, you could bounce back a bit on a, on a day and uh, and curb the full forward. But it was always a great challenge to play on the Wades and the Hudsons and the McKennas who were very special players and uh, I think you know, they had all the skills of a full forward plus the fact that they were they were brilliant converters. They used to, you know, the percentage of accuracy and things like that and uh, conversion in goals rather than points was uh, was very high. So... Um they're yeah, great great players and
0: uh, this is Jeff Southby, folks. He's a legend of the game and there's no doubt about that when the history of the game is written and the great full backs are put up in lights, Jeff will rightly take his place there. A boy who made good from the Sandhurst Football Club coming down to the big smoke and was part of the golden era at Prince's Park. Tobin Brothers celebrating lives and today we on This Is Your Football Life are celebrating the VFL career of Jeff Southby. Uh, similar to when myself and Bondi, who, you know, as my best football friend, went to Richmond, you were rubbing shoulders with household names. It does really uh, make a difference when you're in a side, when you know there's a bloke backing you up or Jez is going to kick six or Jonesy's going to get it to Gags Gallagher or Robert Walls is going to run and kick a beautiful goal. It does make a dis- difference, particularly when other sides have got Jack Dyer's explanation of good ordinary players. So it's, it's, it's there but for the grace of God go I. You were there at the right time, and mm. you took advantage of it, Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, look, fabulous time for Carlton. I mean, they were they were doing it very well on and off the field. The Barassi era was well established, and uh, off the field, they had some you know terrific uh, you know, things in place. They were leading edge at that stage, and uh, and uh, and and when you um, in that situation, where that's when you can, uh, with some great players as well, uh, and a great team going that's the the chance you've got for winning premierships and mind you everything's got to go really well in one year to win them and you you'd know that oh, from your experience sure. you know you've got to you've got to have everything going well off the field and on the field and you know great seasons from lots of good quality players but also a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the players that are part of that team fabric that uh that Provide the depth and all that sort of stuff. And when do you get
0: together with your teammates, Jeff Southby, and and and, and does each year as each year of your life go on, do those premiership medallions mean as much or more to you? Certainly not less.
1: Um, Because just interrupting there, there'll be some
0: blokes at Carlton who let's face it, and and we're here to talk coolly and calmly on this (coughs) Sunday morning. I've got more chance of going to the moon with a full head of hair than they have of playing in a premiership, and and, and I don't mean any disrespect for yeah. that. But you've got to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And those medallions, to me
1: and to you, I, I just got a feeling that I know what you feel about. It. Oh, look, it's incredibly special, and it's really the it's the ultimate aim of a footballer, isn't it? You've got a the why you, it's the essence of why you play footy. You you want to play in a premiership, a winning premiership, basically, and. Uh, and I was lucky enough to do it twice at Carlton in a, in an era that yeah. we were doing it really really well, and uh, you know, I've been so fortunate because of that. And yeah. uh, and now the celebrations that you can you know you can just catch up the bonds that you have with those particular players that you played in in those premiership years are incredibly special. And and,
0: and it's also the respect, Jeff. And I'm mm. sure that you'll remember when uh, Richmond were in all sorts of trouble, there was mm. a game at Windy Hill, yeah. and fifteen thousand people turned mm. out, and they raised a hundred thousand dollars. Blokes that. Tried to you know behead uh, blokes six and seven years ago. All mm. got together to save a football club. So hate, love, not love, but respect, and yep. that's what Richmond and Carlton had. And we were uh, adversaries on the field, but as soon as the siren went, you could have a beer and it was okay.
1: Yeah, no, there was no doubt that, no doubt about that. The respect for the opposition from that time i mean uh, it was was just a great challenge to play against the the great opposition teams and that was the richmond carlton rivalry thing that really went strong in those uh, that particular era and uh, and when richmond got into stripe in the late 80s or whatever it was i think we were only uh, too happy to sort of Get, pull, a, pull a team together and play in that special game down there. And I think uh, I can recall you might have even done one of your first broadcast. calls, did you? That's our I reckon, broadcast. Uh, yeah, I came tape. on as
0: 19th man yeah. and pulled a hamstring. He ran off and pulled the other hamstring. <laughs> right. So break time coming up, Relays. Join us after the break for Tobin Brothers celebrating the footballing life of Jeff Southby. And this is your Football Life. You can check us out on Twitter at Rex football Life. The only thing that twitters at my place, Jeffrey, is a uh, canary. But this is Jeff Southby's fantastic career for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to this. Is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Yes, Julian. Jeff Southby's in the chair today, and we're celebrating the football life of the great Jeff Southby. And I don't say that lightly, because only the very, very best get on this show. Because we want to celebrate their contribution to our great game. That's off and running again, and that is what it's all about. Uh, Jeff Southby, were you always going to be a fullback, uh, or or did circumstances just push you in there, and you became a household name and an all-time great fullback?
1: Yeah, well, certainly not um rex as a full back i, I was you know like most youngsters they you're pretty keen on kicking a goal and i i played centre half forward at uh, at powerhouse in the seniors at powerhouse and had a pretty good year won their best and fairest kicked a number of goals that year but and thought i was going to make it as a forward and uh and uh but the next year, I went and played in the Bendigo League back with my team that I barracked for, the, the Sandhurst Football Club, and uh, Des, Delicate Des Dixon. Delicate Des. There's nothing was, delicate was the about Des, no? Was delicate no. Des. He was a <laughs> very good coach, but I often wondered uh, what was going on uh, and what was, what was he thinking sometimes out in the field, but he, he was, uh, uh, yes, an interesting character on the field. There's no doubt about that, old Delicate. Um, But... He, just after about four games with uh, Sandhurst, he said, look, why don't we try up and fall back? Uh, We've got a bit of a vacancy up there. We need someone with a bit of size and all that sort of stuff to play up there and a bit of athleticism. So... And it was like me, uh, it was like a duck to water in some yeah. ways. I just clicked and had a really good season with them and uh, and that's when uh, Carlton, who obviously was in the Carlton zone and so the Carlton scouts were along and uh, yeah. the recruiters and uh, so that's how I got to, to Melbourne and got to play with Carlton and uh, of course the opportunities there with, in a great team with uh, and with Wesloffs retiring uh, there was an opportunity to slot straight in so and, and it was it an happens. era
0: that you played in from mm-hmm. 71 to 84 that uh, you just expected someone to kick 100 or close to 100 and each week there was a different challenge for you so the pressure of the game certainly didn't get to you but you'd have to be really you know I'm sure that you know like everyone you can have you know an off day but mm-hmm. every week you came against these household names and, they were, you know, blokes like McKenna, they were putting it out mm. on a plate with a knife and fork and a bit of horseradish, and you said, what else can I do? Yeah. But
1: you did very, very well. Yeah, look, at the, I mean, the, the pressure was always there, and uh, I probably didn't show it out in the field, but internally I was really churning up many times. Like that duck on the <laughs> pond looks pretty good and the feet yeah. going underneath. That's yeah. right, and I remember one day out at, uh, well, Calvin Templeton kicked nine on me. That was the lot most I got kicked on. Was that? That was out at, out at uh, Western Oval one day, and yeah. uh, he smashed me up. And uh, In fact, I had him... He only had two goals at half time. Kicked seven after half time. Goodness and me! That was seventy nine. That was the year we won a premiership. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, so that was a that was the. One of the lessons, Dougie Wade kicked eight on me one day. That sort of stuff. So yeah. he was a great player. Dougie was probably as good as any of them. It you know. sounds
0: like I just, uh, you know, mm. interrupt there that that the coaches uh, didn't panic if you got three or four kicked on you, and you say kicked eight on me. You know, uh, Barry Richardson or Francis Burg, if they had four kicked on them, they'd put me to fall back. You know, <laughs> and that was the last thing they wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, they,
1: yeah, they didn't. Well, they started to get a little bit more panicky towards uh, towards the end of my career when they were moving players around a bit more. And I remember one day. That I did try and uh, take off, did the little kick at full back, trying to you know then mm-hmm. do a bounce and try and bounce around my full forward and gain some distance with my kick out. And uh, what happened? I uh, bounced the ball and the ball hit a crack or something and went bounced straight into the full forward's hands. And <laughs> he ran straight in and kicked a goal. So yeah. and Jezza was coached that year, and uh, and um, he said, this will get out of there, you know, you're down on the half-pack flank or something. (laughs) 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 He probably Uh, thought I was going to be shattered because of that, which I probably was. I'm interested. But but there's uh, a lot turning up inside, Rich. Well, there is. You you go out out and you look calm, but... uh, She's pretty full on And uh, I was dead serious about footy I went every time I had a goal kicked on I me mean, It was like bloody having a knife in my yeah. back. Uh, uh, but that's that's what you want yeah, to do You know you what want I mean yeah. competitiveness, I don't
0: too. think it's important to love winning As much as it is to hate losing You mm, know in yeah. business or I, life or whatever And I want to touch on the 72-73 grand finals <laughs> Because I think they were back to front In 72 I think we uh, played an 8-13 each of two Draw at Waverley in yeah, front of 60-odd right. thousand yeah. And then we came back a week later Because there was no extra time there And we belted you by 51 points Big we had time. a week off but that week off must have been amazing because I think you played Collingwood in the prelim it was St Kilda in, uh, the, St. Prelim. Kilda in yeah, the prelim that's right, that's yeah. right in 72 mm-hmm. and if there was betting in those days which I don't think there was a lot of betting particularly legal we would have been about a dollar $1.03 to beat yeah. you what Hot happened bonus. in the week leading up uh, Robert Walls tells me that Nick says they got two arms, they got two legs. They can be taken if we do our best. Mm. The first knockout by Peter Jones, and it was off with Keo and Armstrong. It must have been an amazing turnaround because how could you be confident coming in after a belting by us yeah, in that's that right. replay?
1: Well, we yeah, that's right. That was a it was a, the first year of the final five, wasn't it? I, I think yep. uh, yeah, and uh, then we had that incredible draw out at Waverley and that was a tough hard game and then we bang backed up the next week and you smashed us basically and uh, and then we had the real tough preliminary final against St Kilda it was a and we didn't play all that well we just we ground out a you know one of those ugly wins sort of yeah. thing but and then of course we were the complete underdog going into the grand final and uh, obviously the Tigers yeah. were you know as I say oh three or something yeah. but, uh, um, and <laughs> but uh, well You've got to give a lot of credit to Big Nick. He he took the positive line, and then he did. and behind the not scenes... not only coached he, well, he, he actually yeah. played well. He kicked oh, six oh, on yeah, Boynich, right. you know and what I mean. He took the positive line, and, and he Wolves, really he was great. Really Jesse, yeah. yeah, we had a it was just one of those days when we when we came out that day, we were all in the zone basically, yeah. and he'd made a few. Very crucial positional changes that worked very yeah. well. I mean, you know, Peirce came in and uh, did the ruck work. work amazing. Where everyone amazing. Against was expecting Nick And Nick was yeah. up there kicking the goals. Against and, Boynich. And Jezza had a big day out and yeah. Walls had a big day out. And, and, and
0: history will show, Jeff Southby, that, you know, your 28-9 is just an amazing conversion yeah. rate. But Richmond kicked 22-18. I know. It's still the highest score bar the 28-9 yeah. in a grand final, but it was yeah. a losing one.
1: And they kept kicking goals, the Tigers kept coming back, kicking goals in the second half, and, but, but we, we were 18-6 at half-time or something, so you weren't going to beat us, I don't think. Now,
0: now now the next (coughs) year, I reckon. Probably not a dollar oh three, but Carlton probably would have been a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty because you had a yeah. sensational seventy three, and we turned the tables on you. Yeah, you, you uh, did. That was a fateful game where, where uh, Barmy uh, just was waving to his misses in the crowd, and unfortunately your jaw got in the way. If, th- if that happened now, I reckon you and I'd be uh, visiting Barmy out in Barwon Prison. <laughs> well, that's right.
1: <laughs> I think uh, Barry Richardson. I, I was having doing an interview with Barry Richardson at a function recently, and uh, he said, um, "Yeah, if there was." trial by video these days uh, <laughs> in that particular game he life. said Barmy would still be on death row he yeah,
0: said. <laughs> no doubt about it yeah. uh, but you know that, it, it, that happens and it, you appear very very happy in your life and, and, and you should feel very comfortable with being in the all time greats what do you do with yourself now
1: oh look I'm still working full time I'm a my career after football, my real work career has been in uh, business recruitment. I've been, yeah. I've been recruiting in the, uh, and I'm with a company called the United Recruitment Group, which is owned by a guy by the name of Greg Lee, who's a, a director at the Carlton Footy Club. And yeah. I run one of his divisions uh, called Precision Recruitment, and I recruit in the, pre- Pressual sort of in executive levels in uh, logistics and engineering, so that's keeps me off the streets and uh, I enjoy it. It's a challenging sort of stuff, but I like getting up in the morning and having a crack. And Isn't that still fantastic? love still love the footy. I'm involved with the past players group, the spirit of Carlton, at, uh <laughs> group at Carlton. So, uh, and, and, so and as the years go on,
0: do those golden years mean more to you? And and, and you actually, you're not just teammates; that you're good friends, similar to my people at. Gringo? Yeah, look, very
1: similar. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, the, it's such, the relationships that you make uh, through your football days and your, in those days of your youth and your formative years, I think, are so special. And uh, to be able to reconnect and then just take up where you left off is very, very special. Yeah.
0: Was it such a big deal for a young man to leave Bendigo? I know now there are issues with kids going mm. interstate because I don't know whether the 18-year-olds now are as more developed as an adult as we were. 18, they just threw you into the deep end. Yeah. Was it no big deal for you to come down from Bendigo yeah, down well, to the powerhouse? Well, I'd already, yeah. I'd already,
1: well, I'd come down to go to university. So in those days, there was no university in Bendigo. So, uh, and I wanted to become a teacher and let's stuff. And I had to go and do a university degree. And uh, so... Um, I'd had made up my mind uh, a couple of years, you know, in the last two years of my high school or my my secondary schooling that I was going to have to go to Melbourne anyway if I was going to go to uni and just footy happened to sort of fit in with it along the way sort of thing. So, uh, but, but I did fail my first year at uni and that's the reason why I ended up back at Sandhurst because I had to... I had to go and um, I lost a scholarship, which I had, and studentship, so I lost that, so I had to go oh. and get some work, so I had to work so part-time. Another challenge. Work, work part-time and I got back home and uh, I played footy with Carl and got <coughs> 20, 20 bucks a week, which was the difference between a good and a bad weekend and that sort of stuff. And uh, Great character stuff, builder, yeah. on and off the good field. Good stuff, yeah.
0: Um, I'm sure, well, I don't speak for you, but I, but I got a good idea that this young boy up at Bendigo had no idea the standing you'd have in this game and... Uh, this is Your Football Life is about reliving and rejoicing and celebrating the great careers, and you are one of the great fullbacks. I was glad to retire because I'd had enough of you, but uh, it's lovely of you to make the time today right around Australia, Jeff Southby. This has been Your Football Life, and you are a legend, Jeffrey.
1: Thank you very much, Rex. I appreciate the opportunity to come and have a lovely uh, chat a, with you. You're an absolute okay.
0: star. <laughs> Jeff Southby, Carlton legend. And if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter with your canary feed. Twit, twit, twit at Rex Football Life. This has been Jeff Southbury celebrating his football life. Thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating lives.